This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Hey, it is Saturday afternoon, and when Glenn Macnow wants his Kentucky Derby picks, <laughs> he will get them. We'll do that in just a second because they are lining up for that. It is BGN Radio. John Barcher, James Elter in with you, hanging out uh, on a uh, very cloudy afternoon. A little overcast, a little, uh, I don't know, It's it seems like a bourbon type of weather, so I'm excited to get, get home, and uh, hopefully your Saturdays are, are getting ready as uh Whatever it is you're doing out there, you're having a lot of fun. James, what's going on, buddy? John, I don't know if I can afford bourbon. I'm trying to save all my money to be able to buy those big baller shoes. <laughs> yes. So, and you those, know, they're, uh, they're not cheap in case you're a nerd, so I need to save my money, John. The funny thing about those shoes is they're not bad shoes. They're just ridiculously overpriced. <laughs> like 450 I mean, they're better than 495, the Currys. 495 right? Yeah, well, the Currys are like the ugliest <laughs> shoes ever made. So, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe some sneakerhead talk. We're getting into a lot of things Today, our first question to you is Vegas has now officially put out its over-under mark for the Eagles and re- really the rest of the NFL, what the win totals are going to be. It came out, they gave the Eagles, it's eight and a half. It's right on that borderline. Everybody's thinking, probably, the optimistic side of you is going, well, tell you, nine wins. I can see them doing nine wins. And then everybody else is saying, oh, it's a, that's an easy bet. You take the under, you take the under, Doug Peterson gets fired, whatever. So... Are you betting the over? Are you betting the under on eight and a half wins here, James? Good question, John. I usually like to make these bets as early as possible with as little knowledge as possible. But uh, since that's what we do, uh, here's the thing. I'm kind of in a weird spot because as of right now, as it stands right now, if I had to guess what I think the Eagles will end up at, I would guess nine and seven. That's my current very early prediction for the season. But having said that, I'd bet the under if I had to wow. bet. Yeah, because I just think it, I think it's I think nine for me is kind of like could they go 10, 11? Sure, but for me nine is the number. But I think it's more likely they're under nine than over nine. I, well, we'll get into why all of that is. I mean, just with the players that they had, like I think Jeffrey's worth plus two in the win column alone. Sure, I think I, that connection there that's happening. So uh, you know, I, that's assuming it, he plays. It's 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 crazy logic to be well, yeah, assuming he plays. <laughs> Bearing anything that that's happening there, and Eddie is healthy, but we're you know we're going to talk about a lot of odds today in honor of the Kentucky Derby. That's I right. Guess. So, Glenn, as you uh, as you wanted, there's I mean it's all over the place. There's uh, there's twenty different twenty plus different horses, right? That are uh, that are riding. In yeah, it looks thing. like twenty horses. 
and uh, the the long shot here is untrapped at sixty three to one. Wow! Uh, I'm not brave enough to put any money down <laughs> on a sixty three to one long shot. But again, a dollar, a two dollar bet might be ju- just for fun. So I've got. Uh, we'll do a little win place and and show here. I'm going to take not the longest shot, but a long shot. I like Thunder Snow. One because of the name. Two, <laughs> eighteen to one is not impossible. Wow. No, that's do and, and that's a nice win if you win that, Johnny. Some pretty good ROI. I've got uh, always dreaming to place at four to one, who is uh, the odds-on favorite, and then uh, Irish War Cry to show uh, tied with a bunch of people at five to one. I like that, Johnny. Uh, I've obviously been pouring over this for months now. Uh, very, very, you know, locked in on the horse racing scene. Just call me Mike Francesa. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I've never heard of any of these horses, but here is my very well in depth. I am also going five to, seconds of analysis yeah, for both. Of exactly. Us on this thing, I'm also. <laughs> I literally uh, made all my choices by name slash odds. So uh, my clear winner, McCracken. There's a horse named McCracken. <laughs> seven to one. That's that, good. Seven to one. Good odds. Right in the hunt. Amazing name. Uh, so going McCracken. I also had always dreaming to place. Uh, shockingly okay. enough, so we uh, I did it because I'm always dreaming. I felt like that worked in. And then just uh, in the show at 15 to 1, just because it's such a weird name for a horse. Hence. <laughs> Hence. Hence around the, here comes Hence down the stretch. Yeah, that would give it. Yeah, that is a weird name. Hence. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Yeah, it's a word, sure. But yeah, it just makes no sense. A weird, as a descriptive word, it is It is strange. Yeah, so if, uh, maybe if you want to, I mean, it's a side game since the Kentucky Derby is going on here. You got a favorite horse today? Yeah. Throw it in there. We'll teach mark us. you down. Teach yeah, us teach a little us bit your ways. we know nothing. We'll, uh, well, I'll tell you what, we'll send you a BGN radio magnet if you are uh, if you, if you you get the thing. Because if you if you get the right horse, we'll mark you down and we'll send you a couple of magnets. Because we just got those things in and they're... They're very nice. They stick right on your fridge. I don't know if you ever heard of magnets before, but <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, baby, they are very special. Uh, getting back to the Eagles, though, and their odds here, I, I just think that, uh, you know, what what they've done, and let, let's go through the draft, too, as well as we're doing through this. I, I, I feel like Derek Barnett gives you at least a half a win. I think that, that that's, that's kind of that side there. I, I'm surprised still on people reserving themselves about the Derek Barnett thing. There was a lot of disappointment when we were down there at the draft. And by the way, everybody that was out there, thank you so much for coming down. It was a, it was a really, really fun time last week. I was surprised by the crowd reaction at the draft afterwards. Uh, and it's kind of funny now how everybody's done a 180 on the Reuben Foster thing because he's like, <laughs> hey, his shoulders are broken and he's going through concussion protocol and he's probably going to miss this next season. So they're like, okay, that's understandable because as much as we, I think, have accepted Sidney Jones for the most part, being a redshirt guy, Coming into his NFL have career, we, John. I mean, I have. Well, you I have. Just, some, some, have some the folks collective have. we. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of been that's been a back and forth battle all week here too. But uh, yeah, I, I think it would have uh, that would have been a huge disappointment for a lot of people to hear, especially with your first round pick. Derek Barnett is going going to be a great pass rusher in this league. Yeah, I feel the same way. I was very very happy with the Barnett pick, both at the time and after. I think. We've discussed, I think very clearly, if Derek Barnett had been the pick and and those three quarterbacks had not gone before him and guys like Jonathan Allen and O.J. Howard were not on the board, obviously Foster, too, at the time, since I think people have kind of changed their tune on that, me included. I I wanted Ruben Foster. He was my favorite football player to watch in the draft in terms of tape and all that type of stuff. Uh, But look, I think... I think we can all admit that that what's happened after and the shoulder, I, he was clearly not the choice, especially at 14. If you want to take a shot at him at the end of the first round, I get that. But at 14, you can't take him there. 
I think the big issue was just that Jonathan Allen was there and O.J. Howard were there and these guys who, whether or not people know how good those players are, they see them going second, third, fifth, sixth in mock drafts, and they're like, wait a minute, like, we could have had that guy? Why didn't we take him? Um, but I, I, look, I think for for what they're trying to do, I think Barnett's a better fit than Allen, you know, what, for whatever that's worth. And I, I think you got to worry about the shoulder a little bit. It's arthritic, you know, I, I the fact that he fell to 17 to begin with tells you something. And then look, I know Washington's getting a lot of praise for taking him, but you could also spin it around and say the team that took him is the team that doesn't have a general manager right now. Yes. So <laughs> how much how much do you love that pick? Maybe if, if he doesn't go at 17, how much further does he fall is the real question. So uh, I'm with you, John. I think Barnett, very polished, uh, upside, uh, high motor guy, all that kind of stuff, I think kind of fits into what this draft turned out to be and to like, Guys who love football and want to be great at it, I think is kind of a theme that's come out of these picks. And I think it was, I mean, I still think it's a mistake to take him over O.J. Howard just based yeah. on based on what they had told us uh, philosophy-wise as far as, you know, this is what we want to do to help uh, Wentz and, and best player available and, and all that. But it's probably going to work out great for both teams anyway. This is the other thing that I think people are forgetting. Derek Barnett wasn't supposed to be there either. Yep. Like in those guys that you're you we all think about, your Reuben Fosters, your Jonathan Allens, it's not supposed to be there. Three quarterbacks went in the top ten. The thing that we all wanted happened. And, <laughs> and like dramatically, like everybody moved up to go get quarterbacks and we're like, Paid oh my god. Large prices to do it. This is great. Everybody's gonna be around there. And now you don't have to worry about moving up because uh, literally, all three of them win the top ten. That <laughs> so you just keep falling and falling and falling. And by the time I think it got down to a you know eleven, twelve, thirteen, I was just like, oh my god, there's so many guys on the board. <laughs> there's so many guys I on the board. Know. This is great. This is awesome. You don't have to worry about anything else. You don't have to trade back. You select your guy. You move on. So I was ecstatic. I was ecstatic for Derek Barnett. That's going through there. And I know you. We all hear the same old stuff. The bend. The uh, you know he's such a. Uh, a pro-ready guy. The heard, ankles, the hands. Yeah, all yeah. That stuff. And I know that's just like, yeah, well, what does that all stuff mean? Sure, it doesn't, I mean, <laughs> I mean it, I'm not trying to discredit. It means a lot. I mean, he's a rubber band. He can get around guys. He can, w- with his hand and his technique, but there, <laughs> there's just so many awkward takes this past week about him and what he's going to be able to achieve because he's already maxed out. I've heard that Yeah, I've heard that too. It's like he's already the player he's going to be. How ridiculous is that? He's 20. He's going to be <laughs> 21 in the summertime. And to There's have no the advancement. Are saying. It's like, what? To have the advancement of hand techniques and to be able to do those different pass rush moves is exactly what you want in a yes. first-round pick because you don't have to spend the first five weeks of the season trying to teach him, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. He's already got that in there and uh, and to build on top of he's going to get better like there's you don't max out in any sport in your first four years of anything including football everybody peaks at 25 26 in any sport that's a good thing that's five years of good pass rushing coming your way and then you hit the prime hopefully when you have all these different pieces that are surrounding it and he's still a core mainstay, and it's not like the Marcus Smiths. It's not like the, the Nelson Aguilar's, the things that we've gone through for the past couple of years. The guys that they've selected in the first round in back-to-back years will be on this football team in five years. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think Marcus Smith really the – right, that's the name we've heard, right? That's yes. how we go, oh, we're going to get another Marcus Smith. Oh, they, they went – 
for position and need instead of taking the best player on the board and all that stuff. But I, there could, they could not be more different players coming out of college. Marcus Smith had played defensive end for two years when he got drafted. He was a quarterback going into college. I mean, Derek Barnett is an advanced pass rusher in terms of moves, in terms of technique, in terms of everything is just knowledge-based. He is so far beyond where Marcus Smith was coming into the league. And I know the Aguilar thing is kind of like a, a cautionary tale almost because, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, at you, me, everybody, Ray Dittinger, every single person who talked about this, this kid was like he's gonna be he's gonna be good if at worst he's gonna be good he could yes. be great if nothing else he's Jeremy Macklin already how many times did we hear that literally Jeremy Macklin literally yeah. like younger Jeremy Macklin here you go <laughs> um, so like um, I, I there is you do have to have some pause about jumping in on the the guys who are so pro ready and all that stuff but. It really, you'd have to step back and look at these situations, you know, individually because Derek Barnett is a very, very different player from what Nelson Aguilar was. Obviously, different positions, but the conference he played in, his style of play, the way he goes about his business, and also size wise, you know, like, yeah, he, we're, we're worried about the combine speed and all that type of stuff, but at least he's the right size to play that position. I, I, I feel insanely confident. We said it when that pick happened. I think, look, uh, I think the ceiling is higher than people are giving it credit for, but he is certainly one of the lowest floor players in the draft. And, uh, or highest floor players uh, in the draft. Quick footnote. Do you know who hated Nelson Aguilar? Fran Duffy. Fran Duffy Ooh, absolutely hated really? Nelson Aguilar. Really? There you I go. Think he was like 17th or 20th on that during that year when he was doing those Ross Tucker podcasts along with him. So I always thought that was funny. I was like, wow, what a what some get you get yourself a little higher in the gonna front office to, there, young fl- man. Gonna have to flip that one around, huh? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then it just, yeah, it's interesting too because I know that our good friend Teron Davenport has also pointed out the same thing. And you you notice that the moment that you turn on Derek Barnett's tape, he can cover wide receivers. Yes, he can drop back into coverage. So when you go back and look at those things and go. Well, he's not that athletic. I was like, he's got to be able to. He hung with one of the best wide receivers in the country for eight seconds and asking a defensive end to do that. Now, it wasn't a planned scheme. They weren't like, okay, we're going to cover this guy and whatever. It was broken coverage. Somebody had to go out and cover this guy. He had the wherewithal to go, somebody's got to be over there. I got to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Went over there, pushed him to the sideline, made it incomplete, on to the next play. I thought it was one of the most fascinating things that I saw besides his pass rushing move. Yeah, and and I think that plays into his football smarts. I mean, this kid understands how to play football, understands what is needed from him in his position. I mean, how many times over the last few years on this defense have we seen guys out of position? Have we seen guys not containing the edge? All that type of stuff. That stuff's a given. With Derek Barnett, you know, he will know what he's supposed to do, where he's supposed to be on every play. And and that is such an advantage for a kid his age coming into the league. I, I Johnny, I, like I'm with you. I, I've kind of been a little perplexed by the reaction to the Derek Barnett pick. Yeah. And uh, so that's why I kind of have that as that just half point uh, in the win column, which is terrible logic. by yeah, any the sense, worst but logic, we're just having, having the worst logic but it's fun. Uh, uh, be, uh, and I think just with the rotation with him and long and, we can probably start to say goodbye to our good friend Vinny Curry after this year wow. or, or restructure. I don't know, but like there's De- definitely something. They will not be paying him nine million or whatever it is a year after this season. Probably gonna. I mean, they declined the option on the you know the, the fifth round option with or, or the fifth year option. With I Marcus, should say with yeah. Marcus. So uh, that's not surprising either. A couple of people chiming in on the Twitter dot com. You can follow us over at BGN underscore Radio. Good friend Randy Jobs, the Iowa Eagle himself, is just give me a healthy Lane Peters Brooks and Wentz, and I say this is a ten and six team. Very likely, maybe even an eleven and five. John, that, that's what I'm, I'm like. Oh man, I was <laughs> like, that, excited. That's, that's when we start to kind of cross that line. I do think that this is 
Uh, now, when I say I'm betting the over, I'm, that means I'm very confident that they can win nine games. Yeah. I don't know if they can win much after nine games. Like, 10 is in their range. Obviously, if I think they can win, win nine, they can win 10. But, yeah, it, again, it's it's right on that watermark here. So we might convince each other to do the opposite yeah. thing by the end of the show. I have no <laughs> idea. I want to know how you guys are feeling out there, though. It doesn't have to be, you know, the wins and losses with every team. We don't, we're not, we're not, I'm, I can't go and do all that stuff. There's so many new it's additions. Ridi- it's ridiculous. It's we stuff. haven't gotten to June 1st yet. Yeah. There are so many things. Again. The, Eagles don't have, uh, the Eagles don't have the running back who might, Carry the ball the most on their team right now. Theoretically, that could still happen, you know. Which is a which is another little something we'll get into as well because I think they did find a playmaker in there, and that's the other, you know, the the uh, the minus five uh, or or dot half a win half a win that that goes in there as I uh, need more coffee before I learn how to speak (laughs) again. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. We are just uh, you know taking your reactions from. Uh, the draft in this past week, if there's something you didn't like, and even there's uh, <laughs> a couple other people chiming in here. Steve uh, on uh, on Twitter says, the, here's the recap for you. They have no plan. They brought in uh, Smith and Jeffrey, and then they drafted for the future. That makes no sense. I think he's talking about the two wide receivers that they drafted, and he can't stand the Sidney Jones pick, which is... That's what I'm saying, man. There's, I don't, there's a lot of that that happens. I, I don't listen, get it. I understand. My I think everybody's initial reaction was very... Very happy. I was. I literally got up on my chair and danced around literally. in a couple of circles there. I watched you do it. Uh, Brandon, BLG, he was kind of the, the cooler and all yeah. this stuff. He just says, I think people are being way too optimistic about this injury. You know, there's there's a lot of cases where you're not the same player after you come back from the Achilles. And then the counter argument is always, well, it was a high Achilles, in, you know, rip. It wasn't a low one. And then they say, well, it's not, you know, it's this guy. It's not DeMarco, uh, you know, or D'Amico Dem- Ryans. And then you go, well, it's not Jason Peters and Steve Smith. There's all these real different examples. Demarius when it comes down Thomas. to it's all uh, 50-50 at this point, whether or not he kind of comes back and, and bounces in. I don't think there's any reason why you need to play him in the, in the first year. I don't think they all. should. Uh, no. But I'm still, I'm still on the pretty optimistic side that this works out okay, even if he's not the game breaker that we had imagined when he was healthy. I'm very optimistic. I'll even take it a step further. Look, I, we talked about he's 20 years old. All right. Like your body heals faster and better when you're younger. It is a fact of life. It is a fact of who we are as human beings. He is young. He is obsessed with football. He's upset. Like you figure all you've heard about this kid, he is going to put everything he has into his rehab. You believe that Joe Douglas, now Roseman at least had more information on the injury than we do when they're making that pick. Look, I, I get the the nerves and stuff, but I feel like the whole like the the worry about the, this type of injury, while it is still more serious than ACL, technology has come a very long way since this injury used to be a career ender. Like we've seen guys come back from this. We have. I mean, Demarius Thomas came back from this a few years ago. Like, and he was older, and he plays wide receiver, so yeah. similar type of thing where he has to run and all that kind of stuff. So I, I like I get the the trepidation. But man, I, I think to get this kid at forty three for this type of upside, where it's you know, I think it's old school to worry so much about him not recovering from this injury. Is it possible? Sure, but I think it's more likely that he recovers to a hundred percent or ninety five percent than not. Yeah, yeah. To really just go the other way, then you're then something something else had to happen at that point. We're getting that uh, plus a lot more as we roll through the draft. Take your questions, and uh, we will try to answer them. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. It's BGN Radio. Right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 
Some pretty interesting things that also happened uh, this week is now former ESPN. Adam Kaplan came on the Midday Show Airwaves and uh, suggested that Michael Kendricks is a part of a... It's just a very very straight fade there. Titus behind the glass. Did you yank that and yank it down? No, it was funny. (laughs) But uh, he had mentioned that he had thought that a Michael Kendricks trade was going to get done with San Francisco, had the pre-write written up and... It was going to be ready to rock and roll, and then it just, you know, the draft happened. They ended up taking Reuben Foster, the, and uh, and actually I think they took one more linebacker later on in the draft on day three, so that kind of put the kibosh in that, but it's interesting to see if that, uh, I mean, the market is is really bad for this guy, and I think it's going to be really bad for the rest of the people that we keep bringing up, Jason Kelsey, all that stuff. I'm not exactly sure where that's going to end up, but uh, I want to get into that a little later because I, I you know, I, I don't think it's possible that he could still be on this football team again. This is the third time that he's been dangled into trade rumors, and they're like, "Hey, welcome back." Well, no, we didn't. Uh, no, no, you're going to be well, obviously your seven snaps are very, uh, very, uh, you know. <laughs> Worth it, it was the first us. time it worked because they actually gave him a contract yeah, extension. Yeah. We didn't mean it, they buddy. Have, they have no more contract extensions to give him. I'm with you, man. I like. I'll even go so far as to say I can't believe there actually is a market, much yeah. less much less a, a tiny market a, for them. It was a throw in, and they released a, a running back too that w- reminded Mike me Davis. of uh, Corey Clement uh, type of guy who's just kind of he's just a guy. So. I mean, again, if there was like, like a pick like swap Corey that was coming Clement in a little bit, oh, we'll get into that because yeah. I think I think we'll have a little bit of a disagreement Ooh, on there. Be it's, careful, his father <laughs> listens all the time. Big fan of WIP. Oh, good. Uh, John Barcher, James Seltzer uh, here. It's BGN Radio eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. As we go to Will, what's going on, Will? How are you doing today? Hey guys. So, all right, I got a couple of things. So let me try and get them in. Absolutely. Um, with, with the Eagles. You know, I know us as Eagles fans and Phillies fans in general, we're always about the here and now, but I'm seeing, I'm looking a couple years in the future, and here's why. Would you guys say that we're coming to the end of one of the best quarterback eras in NFL history? Absolutely. Yeah, Manning's okay. done. Tom's going to be out. Uh, Roethlisberger's, exactly. you know, kind Rogers of in his Rogers. 30s yeah, getting yeah. there. Okay, with that being said, over the next two to five years, half the three quarters of the top ten quarterbacks over the last ten years are going to be out of the league. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah, Breeze, too. Yep. Okay. So here's what I think. By default, if Carson Wentz plays like he did last year, from the horrible quarterback play that's around the league now, he would be a top five quarterback by default just from last season. Correct. Uh, more than likely, yes. I don't. Okay. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. Depending on let's say offenses, top top ten. Top 10 we'll see. Yeah, to be yeah, comfortable. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I think. I think the Eagles are going to be with having one of the best young quarterbacks in the league now. In two to five years, they are going to be one of the top five teams in the league because all the other teams that are at the top of the league right now are going to have to rebuild with quarterbacks and. Every year, there hasn't been good quarterbacks that come out every single year. Not like there was through the 2000s. You know, you had through the 2000s, in one draft, you had three or four of the top ten quarterbacks now that came out. And and so, and some of those making a mistake, too. So, like, Phillip Rivers was a exactly. – I, I would say he was a really good quarterback, but there's also, like, oh, the Hall of Famer that nobody really knew about in Drew Brees, who ended up in New Orleans. So you had a kind of a stack of things there. I don't know so, if it's going to be, like – 
Like you're, I understand your point exactly. I'm not sure how much left some of these guys have in the tank. I'm also not sure. I mean, you got to think about it too. There's still a pretty good crop of quarterbacks in this league that have the potential to do all that stuff too. So don't forget about Winston. Don't forget about Mariota. Yep. I think they're establishing themselves pretty here. Dak Prescott, I think, can do the same thing. Carson Wentz can kind of do the same thing. You also, even in this draft class, I would say. Mahomes has a lot of a really good upside Ooh. towards that. I like Watson too. Oh, and that's what I was going to say, and, and especially in Houston, Watson's got great potential. There. I was also going to say, even guys, I mean, like Jimmy Garoppolo could be a really good quarterback in this league. We don't know enough to say one way or the other, but I, I you or know, at like, least in that system, in that system, I think it, that's the other thing too. Is I think there are certain systems that can sustain more. Like, are the if Belichick stays, like even without Brady, you figure maybe they're not. The Patriots, but they're still going to be competitive. Like, I yeah. don't see him being, you know, steering a bad franchise with Jimmy Garoppolo steering it, you know? But, you know, I I see, I don't see the Eagles winning the Super Bowl in the next year or two. But, you know, in the, when all of these quarterbacks retire over the next few years, as long as the Eagles draft well and get good players, there is no reason to say that when – the elite quarterback. Absolutely. That that, uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah I call, totally buddy. agree. Really good call. And I think a really interesting theory that we haven't talked a ton about, kind of like a parallel to the once LeBron's out of the Eastern Conference teams can compete kind of theory. Um, but, I mean, there was a key point that Will said there at the end that, that yeah, that's what it kind of rests on. As long as the Eagles draft well and make good decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we need to see that before we can start to make those type of proclamations. But I certainly think Will is is in the right range to be saying, like, listen, the next year or two is not what it's about. It's about the years after that. And I think that's where... You know, as much as we would uh, be the first two guys probably at the front door of how we was making criticism, especially last year when you're looking at the landscape of, and he made that again. It's uh, this it is was such, this uh, is why you have to take GM's comments at face value literally every single time that they talk because we're we did the same things last year where it's like, well, you said bandits and now you're getting bandits. Well, you said this and then all of that. We analyzed the quarterback class for the next four years, and no one's going to be any good. So, <laughs> and that's what Roseman basically said. Basically said. Uh, so far, I mean, like at least into this year, yeah, may, I, 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 I would say that's true. I Maybe. feel better with Carson Wentz now, knowing what we know now, than trying to like Me you too. know hit one of these guys, especially with I don't know what the Bears are doing. Good lord! Well, I, uh, like I would have taken him last of the three. Yeah, yeah, like easily. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't even take in the first round. Like Me either. He, he should have been. Yeah, that's a that's a whole different other other craziness that's going on. I mean, like, and I I say that only because I look back at here, here's my positives about Mac Collins. Like after going back and 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 diving back in, I was watching the Florida State game from this past year. Mitchell Trubisky is awful. <laughs> it's terrible. Like he's so bad. He, but the positive out of that for Eagles fans. It made him become a better wide receiver because of that. There are other different opportunities that I think that he could have had there. Obviously, injury plays into that. But when there there were wild, inaccurate throws a ton of times in the last couple of like major games, even even ones that they were very tight in. Trubisky lost them that game because because he couldn't put this put the ball in the hands of the playmakers. I'm actually a little more optimistic about Matt Collins after re going back and looking at some of the tape. I I don't think he's going to be this you know, spectacular upside guy that's going to turn it into this great number one overall wide receiver. But I think there's a role here for him, and I I feel a little more confident about that, even though the board said they probably shouldn't have been 
been at that selection, but I, I like what he brings here. Yeah, I think that's kind of the recurring theme, right? Other than really the Sidney Jones pick, like, and I think most people are happy with Russell Douglas, but like, it's more that not the guys they took, but the guys they didn't take in those spots. You know, the Matt Collins pick. Uh, I'm with you. Like it's it's a fine pick. You know, Ray Dinger made a good point saying like it's never great when they're the first thing you hear is he's a great special teams yeah, player. Yeah. It's like oh that should be like the add on bonus on top of the fact that he's a great wide receiver. Um, so that worries me a little bit. But I think it was just more the fact that there were all these running backs on the board who clearly I guess that you know clearly clearly they didn't value them the same way they picked up Corey Clement. You know they they pump free like they're looking for guys who can help out in that arena. So it's not like they didn't want a running back. They just clearly didn't value the the Williams brothers, even though they're not brothers, just both on the board at the same time. But like those types of guys, the guys who went in that early fourth round who we were all kind of pining for at that point, the Eagles just didn't clearly value them as much as we did. And it's still, uh, just as Will was saying earlier, it's really hard to determine which quarterback is going to be the guy out of this next crop here. I have another theory on that too. I think you're going to see a backwards way of football. I think it's been... Trending that way for a while, but if there isn't really a concrete answer at this is the number one quarterback in the league bar none, you're going to see a lot of people going back to the running game. We're starting to see, see it, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's already happened already. And, and Two running backs in the top ten this year, That that's a sign of something. League is starting to pivot now because they're like, ah, I don't, I'm not quite sure who the next guy is, and there's nothing that's really sticking out there, and there's a lot of different factors in that. Uh, the funny thing I read... <laughs> C.J. Beathard, who is uh, oh my God. who is one of the worst quarterbacks ever to put on a uniform at <laughs> university. But no, I shouldn't say that. That's, that's, he's he's not that bad. But still, in the third round, San Francisco takes him. And Kyle Shanahan, our old our old favorite friend, who you know used to run uh, some of the Washington scheme here. You saw what he did in Atlanta. Had just said that you know going through this this college process, I wanted to be at Iowa because they ran a pro system, and that's what's more valuable in the end. Not at all, not at all. But it does make it tougher for folks to evaluate some of these spread quarterbacks. Yeah. And I don't think the scouting departments necessarily across the league have looked at the quarterback position and have been able to determine, okay, and project that skill set can work in this pro-style offense and here's why and what do I need to look for. I think that's complicated a lot of things, and that's why people are going to be more confident going with the running game and having quarterbacks throw Instead of your 40, 50 times a game, like your Tom Brady's and stuff, 25 to 30, you want to keep them in that range. It's interesting because we've kind of seen flips and flops with that. Because we talked about this last year with Wentz. That, you know, one of the positives we thought for Wentz was that pro system. The fact that he was coached really well at North Dakota State and coached in a pro-style offense and all that. I think that matters now. One of the reasons why I was so gun-shy about Mahomes personally, about especially trading up first or next year or whatever to go up and get him, uh, because I have no idea what that guy, how does he translate? Like, sure, he's got talent, but I've never seen him do what they do in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so that type of stuff worries me. I think it's interesting to look at it, though, from a, like a more macro perspective, like you're saying, in the way the game is kind of, because we thought Chip Kelly was going to bring that kind of college feel to the NFL and obviously a little bit different from the spread stuff, but that type of feel and that it's like, oh, the NFL is going to start to go that way, but it's not. The NFL is staying pro style. It's doing what it does. The question is now, like, how do you kind of like, well, the college game is going to change now because they're doing what they're doing. So I think it's going to make it really difficult to evaluate these quarterbacks moving forward. Thus, I think, John, I think it's a really interesting kind of, especially after we heard for so long running backs. I mean, the year Le'Veon Bell in the second round, no, there were no first round running backs taken. Yeah. And now yeah. we're getting back to the point where it's like, 
And you, had, you had two go this year. You're yeah. going to have more. In I'm the like, top ten. And uh, and I don't know what's happening. Maybe it's just it, it could just be the cycle too. And like the best, that's where the best players sure. are coming out of of college. And I think it's interesting because 20 years ago, if we were talking about spread offenses and all that stuff, we you can just replace that with run and shoot. And it was the same problem. People couldn't determine, wow, this guy really had a look at all the yards that he put up in college. Look at Rex Grossman. Look at uh, <laughs> a couple. Honestly, no, people were and saying he played that. in a Super Bowl. He was a starting quarterback in a Super Bowl. How, how he got there, I have no idea. But uh, he did. And it's the same problem. So it's just moving on to that. The NFL has transitioned. And the pro style has changed a little bit. The college game has influenced that. But there's still those kind of core things that will be there. So it'll be... Interesting how it kind of shakes up and shapes out once those guys are finally out. When we come back, we'll talk more about Kendrick Strait, some of the interesting uh, undrafted free agent pickups as well, because I think Matt McGloin can just say goodbye right now. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Shout out to your good friend, John Gentile. Who does a uh, hell of a job with the uh, the sales force over here? Sales guy, John. Uh, for some reason, he is betting our picks today for the Kentucky Derby. So because they're awesome, John. Uh, we spent what, like what? thirty <laughs> seconds looking at the sheet. How could they not be a good pick? Bleeding horse racing, horse racing <laughs> yes. nation. Uh, I guess <laughs> well, we should. If he wins, that's what we're starting. That into. We're starting the bleeding horse racing <laughs> nation. <laughs> 888-729-9494, pound 94, 94 on your Verizon, the AT&T cell phones. It is BGN Radio, John Barchard and James Seltzer. Vegas comes out and says, over under eight and a half wins. James is, is saying, I think you should, it's probably a safe bet to bet the Smarter under. Smarter bet, yeah. Well, the percentage is just, it just sure. as a normal betting, uh, you know, uh, philosophy says to bet that because the percentage are better. I, I, I just think that they've, they've put on enough here into that. Into this core, uh, I, I don't even know if you can call it that. Anyway, they're building the core as some of the old core is, is still here. I think that's enough for two in the win column. Again, just in the offseason alone, for Wentz to actually have a, a wide receiver to catch a freaking football. Oh, my goodness. Is, uh, it, That'll be something to see, won't it? Monstrous. You know, <laughs> I, you know, even if it's just short intermediate game into the 20s, and you just and then Jeffrey's there at the end to cap off a, cap off a run there. And, and look, I don't know. Like, this is where... I don't want to have the same Zach Ertz debate again, but I think it'll be a little more effective, <laughs> a little more effective, not numbers wise. You're not going to see like huge numbers. It'll probably be, be the same cycle where it'll, you know, it'll, it'll taper off. And then all of a sudden in December, there he is again. I just think he'll actually be open. That's all. Not, not, in a, not him physically getting open. I just think it'll help him get open in those situations in the red zone. He will actually be that uh, a target. Here's where I'm at with Zach Ertz. Show me. Yes. Yeah, it's yes, Missouri. It's the Missouri. I, I need to see him do it all year. I need to see him not just show up when the games don't mean anything, when the season is for all intents and purposes over. And then Zach Ertz is out there with 3,000 catches and a million yards. That's what he does. And, and look, I, I'm with you, John, because I, I have long pounded the drum for, you know, until Jeffrey came here, Ertz being the best weapon this offense had. And I think there's inarguable. Uh, but I, I need to see him do it consistently. We've never seen it. We've never, well, he's been in the league for what? This is his, going on his fifth year in the league now? Is this his fifth year? Yeah, it'll be his fifth year. Fifth year in the league. We have never once seen him do it start to finish or even like 14 games of the season. You know what I mean? Like, I just give me, give me 12 to 14 games and I'll, I'll be in on Zach Ertz. But right now, I, I, 
I can't I can't believe it till I see it. It's yeah. been too long without it. <laughs> yeah. And uh and this is where, you know, it, it was such a, a rich running back draft class. And I feel like there are a lot of folks, including myself, who are just going, yeah. <laughs> it that was, wasn't was a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Bit of a bummer. I, I think that's the only thing after talking about it for so long is like, well, they're obviously gonna take one here, or I don't know, like that's if you if you end up taking so many corners there or you know, pass rush or corner corner, which again people were very much in favor of, then you yeah. just got to pick and choose what you're going to suck at, and maybe you're going <laughs> to maybe maybe you're just going to suck at running back. Hey, maybe they're just going to have Wentz throw the ball all the time again. It, which is at least he's got guys who might catch it this time. You know, uh, it, it, and again, the coach can be lying to us there because he's you know him and Frank Reich. Just, yeah, we got to find a way to to run the football. Yeah, I do he think, said that all year last year. <laughs> right, he did it like twice. I think Pumphrey is a playmaker, though. I like Pumphrey. Uh, I think that is I and and again, it's. Size isn't a skill. Never has been in this league. Uh, it helps health. It helps, you know, determine whether or not you're going to be able to, to prolong your career for a very long time. I think those things factor in. Doesn't mean you're a good or bad football player. As, no, as we've already learned with DGB, who is the prototype <laughs> wide receiver, and he can't play. Yeah. He just can't do it. Uh, so I, I actually think that the, he's, and people kind of have this thing. It's like, oh, he'll be the scat back that they can throw to, third down. Being there, I I don't think so. You're expecting. More. I think he's first and second, and you switch him in Ooh. with with Wendell and Sproles moving forward. I also think they want Wendell Smaller to win this job as it's set up right now. But don't get it twisted. <laughs> Puffrey ran a lot in college. Now he was a bell cow running back, and so when we look at his size, we automatically think, well, he's not going to be able to run the football. I actually think they're going to feed him a lot in wow. his rookie year. I I I think he's going to be a big part of the offense. I think. He kind of has to be like they don't have much explosion. You know, getting Jeffrey in here is gives you a guy you can count on. Hopefully, assuming he's healthy and on the field, it gives you a guy to move the chains and and give you some consistency, which they did not have last year, other than kind of Jordan Matthews, but obviously a much higher <laughs> level. Uh, but I, I think with Pumphrey gives you something that they don't really have anywhere else on the offense, other than really Sproles is someone with real explosion. Now, I guess Torrey Smith, you know, theoretically could be that too, but. Uh, my thing with Pumphrey is I just think he's too small to be used too much. I mean, like he, like people compare him to Darren Sproles. Like he's not nearly as thick or as as you know muscly as Darren Sproles is. And that I I do think it comes back to something we always talk about with Sproles is that he's really good at taking a hit. You know, it's not just that you know sure he's little and stuff, but he's really good at like sensing impact and kind of falling with hits and never taking other than that punt return where he got murdered by Ken O'Neill. Um, I, he's, yeah, <laughs> or was it Ken O'Neill? Whoever it was. So. Yeah, I, think I think it was, was Ken O'Neill. Right. Either way, other than that punt return where I thought he died on the field, um, he's very good about taking those types of hits. So, And I think Pumphrey is too, at least from what I've seen at San Diego State. Like, I've seen him, he is good at kind of sensing impact and going down with the hits and not getting pummeled, as it were, but still, man, that's he's really tiny. Uh, I, I'm bigger than he is, man. Oh yeah, I'm not I would t- get I, murdered on a football field. Can't granted, hand you know. the ball off to him twenty times no. a game yeah, exactly. or something like that. So you're that, thinking like I, I think I think you could see like twelve, twelve to fourteen touches a game. I think you could see that. I think he could have twenty touches. Wow! But that's through the air and wow. that's on the ground. I no, think he's obviously. that type of guy. Wow! I, I they don't. didn't ask him to do that a lot at San Diego State with catching the football, but it doesn't mean he can't. Sure. And I think if you put, I mean, again, you put the ball in his hands. Twenty's a lot, though. It's dangerous. Twenty's a lot of touches. Eventually, I don't think to start out. Eventually, I think by the end of the year, he can be that twenty touch guy. I hope you're right. I could, think that's a lot. But could, I, I, look, either way, I think he could be a big part of this offense. Uh, I I just hope to see. 
Wentz and shotgun, both running backs by his side there. All of a sudden, it's you know it's first down, and it end, ends up oh, oh crap! Sproles goes into motion. Now and he's in the Humphrey's slot, and then going Humphrey's the other way. Bang yeah. bang! You know whatever whatever's Torrey happening Smith's through there. Smith's going deep. Yeah. Jeffrey over the middle. Let's go. There's a vertical <laughs> offense on on here. That's there's a vertical offense that can happen with the Philadelphia Eagles. Whether or not Doug Peterson wants to actually push that. For whatever reason, you know, if people don't think that uh, Wentz can throw a deep ball. That's what I was about to say. We can actually get some sort of, you know, finality to that stupid, (laughs) stupid debate. 888-729-9494. When we come back, uh, we will get into more, including maybe a, a, a a very silly debate, but a debate nonetheless. We'll get into the UDFAs and see who will stick with this football team. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Our good friend Patrick Causey saying, uh, well, Ertz in November and December, the production will come in handy because they'll be competing for the playoffs oh, in 17. Baby! Yeah, that's us. Me like and James Patrick. are kind of kicking Patrick back. Patrick is good people. Maybe, uh, maybe Zachary's can become the Danny Briere of the Eagles. He can just be playoff Danny. You know, he, he's kind of had that. Just like, ah, he coasted through most of the season and once the playoffs turned on, bang, there he was. Danny on the spot. It's John Barcher, James Seltzer right here on BGN Radio. Vegas comes out and says, all right, Eagles, eight and a half. That's what we're putting the over-under on. I'm still confidently saying nine wins, at least. Now that the draft has happened, now that everything's kind of coming together here, change your mind at all, James, in this no, past hour? No, well, that's a funny thing. <laughs> the funny thing about my ridiculous argument is that I am saying nine wins, too. I just wouldn't bet the over. It's wow. it's a ridiculous argument, but I think they go nine and seven as of right now. I just think that over eight and a half is less likely than under. It's kind of crazy, though, because what would really stop them from being, I mean, they might miss the playoffs. That's that's definitely in the in the realm of possibility. What would stop them from not being a contender? It's really just if Carson Wentz comes out and sucks. Well, I think there's a lot of things. That, luck, injuries. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, like, that's the thing. And I was firmly in favor of Alshon Jeffrey. Whether I was in favor of them bringing him here regardless. And, and obviously the one-year deal and the kind of way they worked it out, in my mind, about as smart a way as you could have done it with the prove-it stuff and all that. but and And just owning his rights and all that. Um, but look, I mean, there's a guy who's had soft tissue injuries his entire career. Yeah. I mean, that is that you we can't go into the season and just be like, oh, he's going to be fine. I mean, like, that is a worry. You know, I worry a lot more about the soft tissue. We talked about this, the whole Marcus Latimer versus Sidney Jones thing. And I know Latimer is healthy now and, you know, he you take him over Jones. But I don't understand why people aren't more scared of the hamstring surgery and the, the multitude of hamstring oh, yeah. injuries he's had as opposed to an Achilles tear, which is a worry. But you come back from it, you should be good moving forward, theoretically. Um, so I don't just know. need enough hot glue, right? Yeah, just, just put, a, put some gorilla glue, on there. glue, man. Can't glue do that with a hamstring, man. Up, people. <laughs> but seriously, I, I like point being, I, I'm with you. But like, there are things that could obviously go wrong. And again, you know how many cornerbacks this team has right now? None, or at least That's none, not and true. none that they we can two. count on. They right? Got two, which... How many? How many with like? How many would you feel good covering? I don't know. OBJ or Des Bryant uh, or or T- Terrell Pryor, who's now in our division. Awesome. How many, like, you know how many I mean? safeties like, can I put over the top? Exactly. All of them. Because <laughs> then just, I feel great. You know, let's just roll out like six safeties out there. Where's the safety help? As we always say here. 888-729. Where's <laughs> the next Dawkins? That's what I want to know. 94-94. Oh, my goodness. I see our good friend, oh, Matt, oh, all the way there in Lancaster. What's happening, buddy? 
Hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, nothing. Now, I was going to read your tweet, but I'm just going to let all of Philadelphia just enjoy this flaming hot take here. (laughs) The the fire is actually coming through the phone. You can't see it. We can see it. Yeah, I know. No, actually, I so I misdialed trying to call in to you guys, and I actually called this like psychic hotline. That is not a joke. (laughs) So that is that is amazing. Wait, what did the yeah? What did she tell you? She told me twelve wins in a division title. Whoa! Uh, She didn't say anything about the playoffs though. But I think Wentz is going to take a giant step, and to me, that's all it boils down to. Whether you're buying the over or not, is are you buying Wentz being a franchise quarterback taking the next step? He's got. Weapons, there's no excuse for him at this point. I, I got, I mean, yeah, I got to tell you, Matt. Like I, and that's true, 100. percent Because if he, this is, listen, quarterbacks learn things and they'll continually get better. The second year is when you're going to know if it is or it isn't. And I am so nervous because <laughs> well, yeah. I, have, I have placed a lot of chips. I'm like, I mean, come on, draft Twitter, you're being ridiculous. He's going to be fine. He's got a lot of potential here. You guys are nuts. And if it goes the other way for any reason, oh, boy, do I have a lot of egg. A lot of egg and a lot yeah. of crow here. So, But I'm yeah, confident I, in that. I slam draft Twitter quite a bit, but I have also written a lot of checks online regarding <laughs> Carson Wentz. So, so, you know, time for them to get cash, too. So we'll see. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm buying him. I think that, you know, I'm, more than anything, I'm buying his – his brain, his smarts, his intelligence in, in another full off season in a you know, second year in that system with and, and, some chemistry with guys like Ertz and yeah. a healthy offensive line. And Matt, you I know. gotta tell you, I think a, a big plus positive, he's a huge freaking dork. Yeah. I think that's yeah. I think that's very helpful. I, for whatever yeah. reason, well, like the like, dorkier, you know, and you just maybe like you look at him off and be like, ugh. Well, this draft too, with right? Isn't that kind of what they did yeah. this draft too? They got a bunch of football nerds in here. It's like guys who just love football and want to play football all the time. High motor. All I care about is football, football, football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, Matt, who's I your also, favorite pick out of this uh, this group here? Oh, you know I like Derek Barnett. I, yeah, that's who buddy. I wanted, like for I, I was a big I, – I, I was really into him. I mean, I had a lot of guys on my wish list, but uh, and, including Sidney Jones. But um, I really like Derek Barnett, and uh, I just like he just seems like a violent, like nasty yeah, football player. I like that player. word for it. That's good. He does play you violently, know? and that's that's what I want to see. I think you need that. And you know, I, I we I, I pass rush was a big need for us, and you saw that last year. I mean, Vinny Curry didn't get there. I mean, Connor Barr wasn't going to get there. God bless him. Yeah. But you know what I mean, like. Matt, Derek Barnett will get there. More importantly, what is your Kentucky Derby pick oh, for us yes. today? Yeah, what do you got there, oh. buddy? Boy, I haven't followed anything since Smarty Jones broke my heart years ago. So I, you know, I, don't, I don't have it in me to do anything Let's except, see. you know, drink and watch it. I think the uh, the closest the closest to a Smarty Jones looks like Classic Empire at 7-1. to So he'll be our new Smarty Jones. I'll consider <laughs> a that a random bet. choice. Uh, that's what I mean. I just, it kind of sounded <laughs> the best there. So Is Matt- that your lock? That's, Did I put money on that? No, I'm, I'm, mark, that I'm marking you down. Classic Empire is your horse. I love so. that. It's, right. It feels like it, Matt That's is a classic Empire himself. So not only will you see a, a glorious uh, BGN Radio Magnet for like the 90th time, but uh, maybe maybe His some Bud Lights or something. fridge is covered yeah. in BGN Magnet. <laughs> that sounds good to me. That right. sounds good to me. Matt, we appreciate the call, buddy. Thanks, fellas. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's, again, we, we can debate uh, about a bunch of these moves, decisions, players, all of it's there. I mean, most of the time, and this is what we asked on the podcast this week, too, at PGN underscore radio. Did this draft help Carson Wentz? 
And I don't, I mean, indirectly, yes, I, I, I think they did. I think to get the ball back and have more opportunities for your offense is always a good thing. Did it really put directly affect him? Pumphrey, I, I could make the argument for, and again, with both wide receivers that they drafted, he both, he worked out with both of them in the offseason. That was kind of that thing that they were doing. It made me feel a little weird, obviously, too, because I thought they were going to go with Cooper Cup and Chad Hansen, and I got really scared <laughs> there for a moment. That Cooper didn't Cup, oh, the man. reach of the draft. How about, yeah, where did he end up going to the Chargers? Rams. Oh, the Rams. That's like In the 60s. Right. He was like the 60. Uh, might have even been the 69th. It's definitely in the third pick. round. Yeah, yeah for sure. Which was a very nice pick, nice. I guess, for them. Uh, that's that's happening through there. But, you know, and that's, that's I guess, my little worry there is, how much do you, are you, are they, uh, it probably, it's very little, I would assume, but maybe they just wanted to do that to make sure he's comfortable with Hollins, he's comfortable with Gibson, because those guys were on his board, go get a feel for him, see what's happening. You yeah. think that's all that happened there? Uh, yeah, and also, like, I have no problem with Wentz weighing in on those type of things. I don't want Carson making the decisions, because he is not actually out there evaluating these kids, but... Look, I, no matter what, the one thing that we can say is going to be a fixture of this team moving forward is Carson Wentz at the quarterback position. I think they've made that clear. We've made it clear. Everyone's made it clear. So I think there's zero downside in letting him work out with these kids and being like, oh, I like the way he does this, or oh, he gets that I do this, or whatever it is. I feel like there's literally no downside to it. Uh, 888-729-9494. Let's go to Mike and Delaware. What's going on today, bud? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. I just have two things. And the first, uh, when you guys were t- this is what made me call in, was basically when we were talking about strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. And I just, for some reason, I don't think I put, like, as much into strength of schedule as a lot of people do or as, I guess, like, analysts do. Because, I don't, and statistically, I wish I could look, but think about how we came out the gate last year really strong. And a lot of times when you look at strength of schedule, it's definitely kind of an on-paper stat. I mean, right. one one or two injuries could really sway things either way as far as, like, division goes or just games go. Week to week, somebody could twist an ankle. So, like, strength of schedule to me really doesn't bother me as far like, when I look at it on paper. Yeah, and even when they're good to – that's why we we usually <laughs> yeah. hate doing the win-loss thing there, Mike. It's too because far it's out. Just, it, we have no, no clue – and I, I think that you can look more, at travel, look at like you know, oh, kind sure. of the, the that, way that yeah. way it lines up. But you can't like say like, oh, this team's going to stink, or they're going to be great. Yeah, the like the the, the last three weeks of the season, or like just before then, it looks like it's going to be a little tough, just because of road games alone, like that that factor alone. Yeah, the three on the road out of four to start, that could be tough. But we're also putting a lot of weight in like, the, I mean, overall. There was it, there wasn't a dominant team last year either. There was everybody was beatable. It was just some some guys were real, like Atlanta had a, a the best offense in a while that we've seen. Yeah, I and think the, the Patriots beat them. Yeah, and and same with the Pittsburgh and all that. And and you just look at you know you're looking at like the Vikings, a perfect example on paper. You're like okay, Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to come out of the gate like kind of on fire, a little bit of momentum last year, and then look where that led this whole stream where we're at now. It's just. It doesn't have to make it to the season. It's like people get hurt at camp, and yeah, as long as as long as things just like you know stay consistent, <laughs> as, as, as we've been dying for for you know, it's crazy to say, but since 2013, nothing's been steady. Actually, since, since 2011, 11, really, things haven't yeah. been steady. We've always been debating about quarterbacks. We've always been debating about. Offensive coordinators, you know, defensive like, coordinators, and this and that. I mean, Juan Castillo, a million how, different things. <laughs> how much impact does this position coach have over another? Yes. It's like, 
oh, God, I can't wait to not have any of those conversations. Are they going to fire Corey Unlin? Like, what? Yeah. Like, can we, how about we talk about, like, you know, actual things that really matter because we can't <laughs> help it. Like, there's just been so much, you know, dysfunction and instability. And, you know, there you have to talk about this stuff. Uh, the only thing I'll say about just the rest of, you know, so we were, we were just saying about the running back class, how much that really didn't beef up too much, uh, at least in our eyes. Uh, Pumphrey seems to be like he could be a pretty good playmaker. Not sure what his ceiling is going to be throughout the rest of the future. There was a lot, and we had him on the station too. You know, the uh, Carlin Reese had uh, Corey Clement's father come on. Uh, Yeah, he actually called in to the midday show as well. He He seems called in just randomly. I had to be like, wait, are you really Corey Clement's father? (laughs) Like, when's his birthday? And he's laughed at me and told me, I was like, okay. Okay. And he's like, I was on with Carlin Reese and I checked. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I don't want to put someone on the air. And I was like, I just want to check. I don't want to make sure. Throw someone out there who's claiming to be Corey. Exactly. Dr. Jade. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I don't want that to happen to me. Uh, So, but it turned out to be, he was a good dude, really good guy, a big fan of the station, listens all the time, all that stuff. So, and he's, and again, like his son, very, I mean, for the most part, very productive. Uh, college career got stuck watching them a lot because Big Ten, you know, it's in there. But I, I don't, I don't see. There's a lot of like, oh, well, there's your third down back type of takes when it's when it happened and came out. I still think that's still in the air. Uh, with all due respect to Corey, I think he's going to be a solid football player. I think he's just the guy, and I'm not even sure if he's going to make this football team because of he just doesn't have a ton of different skill sets other than you know he can break a run every now and again. He's really good in between the tackles. I think he's a solid pass blocker, but outside of that, uh, I, I don't know. He seems like he could be a plug and plug and replace. See, here's the thing. I think, first of all, to say, you know, I don't know if you have the guy is even going to make the team is not really yeah, a sh- shocking take there. Yeah. Certainly could be the next Henry Josie, and we all fall in love with him, and they <laughs> oh, cut him. Oh, I definitely think he will be. Yeah. Game game four, <laughs> yep. he'll go off and be like, you can't, you got to cut <laughs> Smallwood or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. And then then they'll cut him. Uh but I, I actually for what it's worth, and again, you know, I never put any stock in a UFDA really being anything though. Obviously we've seen guys like Trey Burton, you know, carve out a niche and carve out a career here after being UFDAs. But what I have seen of Corey Clement, I like, you know, I think he can run inside outside, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's really the injuries. He had his best games last year against Ohio state against Penn state against better competition. Uh, didn't have a classic Wisconsin offensive line last year, you know, really wasn't running behind, you know, all these guys who are future NFL players. Like a lot of the, you know, the Wisconsin running back stereotype thing, you know, like Ron Dane, Michael oh, Bennett, yeah. all these guys never succeed in the NFL. I think a big portion of that is the fact that they're usually running behind NFL offensive lines. Like you know, four of the five guys, three of the five guys end up playing in the NFL. Uh, that's a big time factor. Clement, Clement wasn't running behind those kinds of guys. So right. I think that's something. And, and what I've seen, I like, but again, it's like you said, uh, the injuries are an issue. And, and the fact that he wasn't drafted, you know, it's like, it's a long shot, no matter what you can have hope there, but he wasn't drafted. Uh, and also along the lines, so you didn't have a Wisconsin NFL Offensive line and in full Badger tradition did not have an NFL quarterback again for like the 90th <laughs> time in a row. So, yeah, I mean, all that those one, things. How weird is it? The one year Russell Wilson transfers there. It's crazy. And they, and they actually have an, a, a, a like a legit quarterback. It's like the Jim Sorgies <laughs> of the world and all that for years and years. And then one year they get Russell Wilson out of nowhere. Uh, 888-729-9494. Let's go to Ike in Burlington. What's going on, buddy? Oh, Ike. Yo, guys, what's up, man? What's happening, bud? Hey, listen, um, I was just talking to the producer on the phone, and we were talking about... The marvelous you know, Titus. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, he's off the hook, by the way. He's, the man. <laughs> he's great. Uh, Fresh haircut, too. Yeah. Looks good. <laughs> Listen, when, when the, the dude who called in a couple callers ago, and he was talking about, you know, 12 and 4, and you're talking about the bold hot takes. Yeah. I was telling Titus that if you look at last year, and I, and I hate when people do the butts and the what ifs and yada, 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 when you're talking about football games. You're about to but, give us a butt, aren't you? There it is. <laughs> yep. no, Jimmy, Jimmy, listen to me, Jimmy, because I've talked to you about this plenty of times. Yeah, bring it. You're talking about three football games where it came down to the last play. The Redskins when he got sacked by Kerrigan, the Ravens game when we went for two at the end, the Giants game where he threw it into the end zone and Jordan Matthew turned the wrong way. Oh, God, that's, yeah. that's, that's three games. And then you had two games, the Lions and Cowboys game, where we were winning with two minutes left in the game. And, you know, Smallwood fumbles, Ryan Matthews fumbles against the Lions. I just named five plays that are a difference between seven and 12 wins. Now, our, our team was nowhere near a 12-win football team last year. But I don't think they were a horrible seven and nine if, if Carson Wentz takes the necessary steps, you know, along with the talent, the, the difference in talent that we have right now than last year, that's a massive, massive difference. Uh, Darren Sproles every now and then, uh, Zach Ertz every now and then, and Jordan Matthews, whenever mm-hmm. he wanted to catch the ball, was our talent. You know, you got NFL talent on the offensive side of the ball. It's amazing that that wanna... like we haven't that that was our bar into this. It's just like I just need just need to see an NFL wide receiver, and now that it has one, and it just and that's the and I'm with you, Ike. But I, I just got to say uh-huh. through the, through those games you mentioned too. I mean that first Washington game, if uh, Wentz puts the ball a little lower to Zach Ertz, that's a touchdown they yeah, can bring back in, in that same Giants game. You don't throw two inters. Yeah. I wasn't even talking you about could the also flip right, right. Oh no, no, I'm yeah, just, I'm just adding, adding on to it. it. But then we could also yeah. flip around and say that last Dallas game, if they're playing their starters, they probably lose it. I mean, you can go, sure. you can go a lot of different ways but, with uh, this. But I agree overall. Uh, they, your were point. Cl- they, they are due to every every different metric that I think people have kind of put out in different forms. Uh, I know Danny Kelly has mentioned it. Justice Mosqueda has mentioned yeah. it the same way. And it's funny too because it lines up with them improving by at least two wins, at least by just historical pass and what you're saying in close yeah. games. Yep. And the Giants and Dallas are set up for regression. So, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it, abs- oh, I think that's two things that are going under look, man. I, um, real quick, I just want to talk about Carson Wentz interceptions real quick. Sure. Last year, when Carson Wentz, what was the number one thing with every single one of all 14 of Carson Wentz's interceptions last year? Most of them high, high and inaccurate. <laughs> high, high, inaccurate, and he was trying to push the ball down the field, mm-hmm. right? Yep. He didn't throw one interception last year that was within 15 yards or fewer. That tells me this kid wants to push the ball down the field desperately. Desperately. Now, <laughs> yeah. we 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 went out and hopefully, you know, in Shelton Gibson, uh, um, what you call the Tory Smith. Yep. I'm not going to put too much in the. The special teams here, Mac Hollins, as of right now. But if he gets on the field, man, I, I really hope we can see this kid push the ball down the field. Because if I have to, if Carson Wentz's career is going to be Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs dink and dunk, oh, I don't want to watch that, man. This no. kid, he can throw the ball down the field, and that's what I want to see, man. Well, and, and, and Ike, we appreciate the call, man. It's a fantastic Great call. call Ike. It's the same reason why Andy goes enough, 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 enough. Alex Smith is ending his career. Pat Mahomes can at least push the ball down the field. Like, we have to expand this offense. It's what, like, I, I, I understand people's 
points on that. I mean, in in those regards, that's I mean, that's what dictated that offense. Carson Wentz isn't Alex Smith. So when people go back and look at the numbers and and go, well, look, he was really good in the intermediate routes. The moment that they found out and pushed up, uh, he he can't throw a deep ball anymore. It was so many other factors other than that. The main reason is nobody to throw the freaking yeah. ball to downfield. So if you adjust the game, he was willing to do that. You know, there's and again, there are some points. He's a rookie, so he's going to wait a little longer and maybe not make that attempt. But as the the season went on. That wore off. There was nobody to pick him up. No, not one person was willing to make a play. We all remember those different scrambles too. I forget what game it was, but he scrambled around for at least five oh, seconds. Yeah. Nobody got open. Not one person. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest difference that you're going to see this year. Yeah, and and that's what I we have to see. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think it matters, John. One thing that he brought up there, talking about the uh, the division, and, and we're up against the break, so I'll bring it after. The I think a team in this division, and it wasn't the Eagles. Made the biggest mistake of the draft. Wow. That coming up. Plus, do you want to know what Jay Cutler will sound like in the booth? It is all next on BGN Radio. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right, Johnny, you got to guess. What was the biggest mistake in the entire NFL draft made by a team in the NFC? Wow. Uh, Biggest mistake. Like, I can't believe... They did this or didn't do this. Let's see. I'm going to go with, oh, you know what? Mine would be the Giants trying to replace Manning with Davis Webb. Not a bad one. Correct team. Wrong move. Oh, oh okay. Not a good night for the Giants Let me in just, my mind. Wow. Uh, what round? Give me a round or, or give me a day. Right off the top, baby. Right off the top. Their day one selection Their was. Day one. Evan Ingram. So what's wrong with that? What's wrong with taking a fast tight end? What's wrong with it was. You're four spots away from O.J. Howard. <laughs> How do you not go up and give a third-round pick and go up and get by far the the one transcendent tight end in this draft, one of the ten transcendent players in this draft, potentially? You're four picks away. Do you think there's any shot the Giants thought O.J. Howard's sitting there at 19? Go get O.J. Howard. Well, you know what's interesting, too, is just like because, I mean, I'm still a huge fan of Ingram, even though he's yeah, wearing the wrong jersey. He's going to be a speedster. He's fine. He's but not O.J. Howard. If you wanted to save Eric Flowers' career, you should have probably drafted O.J. Howard because at least he can also be your backup left tackle. <laughs> you know, because at least he can block and do all that. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, too. I mean, that's the only thing, I guess, that, that scares me a little bit is it's BGN Radio. John Barcher, James Seltzer here with you until 3 p.m. And I think that, again... For the most part, the rest of the NFC East, pretty good draft. Pretty good draft. Other drafting. than the Giants. I think other you could say, Giants. yeah, the other three teams did well. And I don't know what to make of Jonathan. Taco Charlton, kind of a weird first round no, pick. No, I, t- I think that's a bad pick. Yeah, it's a bad pick. I agree. As, oh, we got to start that, by the way. Uh, this is this is not branded as our own somebody in a Google chat with our oh, lead this draft is, writer. Yeah, this is so good. Ben, oh, it was uh, Kyle Posey. That's right. Yes. Who is uh, Who is an Iowa guy, so I automatically love him already. He covers the Chargers. And uh, really does, and he's another NFL draft guy, which he's really breaks down. Has a lot of different opinions too. It's not just kind of the same stuff, and not in like Vernon Adams is my number one quarterback type of way. Which, by the way, if you want to listen to that podcast on the, on the <laughs> most recent one, we got into a huge wins fight with our good friend Emery Hunt, who has a ridiculous quarterback rankings list. And just be sure to tweet at him all season long when Wentz is doing well. And but, Vernon Adams is doing nothing. Instead of just Taco Charlton, it is Soft Taco Charlton. Because soft shell, baby. So, so, yeah, soft shell. Soft shell taco. <laughs> 
because <laughs> it is that gold. man is, uh, you know, is I never want to just come out and say, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane type of guy. That's that's kind of how that went. So I, I, I'm i I'm surprised. He's got, he's got some Zach Ertz in him. Oh, oh no. my goodness. Oh, I didn't no. say it. David, David, I didn't say it. it oh, was, no. <laughs> that's James Seltzer uh, on the Twitter.com. So uh, taking uh, your reactions as well, just from everything that's going along here, we're still trying to determine. I'm still trying to convince James that it's a safe bet to take the over on on eight and a half here with the uh, the Eagles win total. 888-729-9494, pound 94, 94, and your Verizon AT&T sells. And interestingly enough, uh, I was actually surprised because I hadn't looked at the rest of the NFL or the rest of the division, really. Dallas Cowboys. Over under at nine and a half. Wow. You would have thought it'd be higher, right? Nine and a half. I mean, they won 13 games last year and easily could have won a 14th if they had played their players. Now, as most of us want, I mean, like wow. we're all Eagles Nine fans. and a half? We, we want to say there's no way that, that that's going to happen. You have to bet the over. I, I don't know how you could bet the under on that. I, I, it makes me I sad. I think it's enticing you to bet the under here, right? At nine and a half? No, it's enticing. Well, they're enticing you to bet the over. I think they, they won 13 10? games last year. Yeah, and they're uh, that, uh, as thirteen games. I want to believe. I'll bet you that goes up. I'll bet you that goes up. That ends I'll up being ten pe- and a half. Yeah, I think it goes up. I think people will slam that over. Wow. Uh, How could you not? Do, I mean, I'd what, take the under on I, that. Look, I don't know what I would do. I haven't gotten there yet. I I think you. I think it's silly to say that Dallas is going to implode or anything like that. They. I think what they did. I don't think they'll implode. I think what they did offensively is good enough to to work and to continue to work. I think Zeke. We've discussed this. Is is a stud. Um, and that O line, like him or hate him, is is legitimate. So I think that's going to work. Uh, I think they've got a pretty high floor as far as it goes. I, I don't think they're a 13, 14 win team again. But man, nine and a half, you like that. So if they lost, like that's a that's a four win drop if they are to get the under four win drop. And when they've done when they haven't done anything get worse. Yeah, I, I and they haven't other and than I, pure regression. And obviously. I would just say, is it safe to say even with Taco Charlton being there? Did Dallas improve their defense? Yeah. I would say yes. I, do, I would Because, too. again, the bar was low to, and they're, to fill they're their corners. And their next two picks, you know, and I'm Jordan Lewis, the whole off the field That's stuff. That's weird. It's weird. I, I, well, I, don't Jordan, want him, I don't want him either. Jordan but, Lewis alone I don't think is that uh, yeah, great of a player, no, but, but still but, better uh, than what they have. Yeah, and, the, and Awuzie is a good player. Like, oh, that yeah, was a Awuzie. really nice pick there. And, by the way, that was my favorite thing ever. With Me I know too. we played it a million times already, it but was with great. the Drew Pearson thing, the whole thing was awesome. It was wrestling. It was WWE. It was awesome. Awuzie is, I mean. He's really good. Really good. I wouldn't really have him. Really good. I know. And for a team that needs that guy. Like, he's such a perfect fit for what their issues are. And plus now Byron Jones can go back to just playing safety. can end that experiment. He never was a corner to begin with. He's a really good safety. Really, really good safety. (laughs) So you start to think of those things and you're like, well, we already know. Even with the dog crap that was on that defensive side of the ball. Oh, coached up by who? uh, By James' favorite (laughs) coach in the nation, Marinelli. He's a great defensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't. I, I think coaches man, up his guys. I think I think nine and seven is in the Cowboys wheelhouse. I think that's the lowest bar. So that's why you have to take Maybe the eight over. And eight. But I don't know. I, at worst, eight. And I eight. think I, because I it's would Jason bet the over. Garrett. I would bet the over on. Those. I'm gonna. I, I know logically that the Cowboys can easily win ten games, but for some reason, the pattern of just how they've gone here. Sure. And when they've had to restructure a whole bunch of stuff, they've. You know, we, we they're having. I don't know if they're having the same conversations as we are about Wentz as it is with Dak because they I'm had sure so much not. success. Yeah, I'm sure they're not. I think it's a foregone conclusion that Dak Prescott's going to come in there, rock the house, and the, I actually, I honestly feel bad for him 
I, I, oh, it, he'll, he'll regress. I, I, He's not going to have as good a season as he did last yeah, year. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it during the season. Right now, I'm already seeing like, oh, man, they're going to kill this kid. He's already being compared to Tom Brady, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. The same numbers that are all there, they're all matched up. No one in 16 games has done this. And you just start to think, he's definitely not Nick Foles, so I'm not saying that. But the same kind of conversation with 27-2 yes. and two and look at yes. this kid go and, oh, my God, they're setting him up to do the same thing. That happens all the time in the NFL. Yeah, in life, in business. Like, it's why you don't want, like, if you start a business, you don't want 200% growth because then you're expected to continue to grow at that level. Like, you don't, you want to grow at a consistently, you know, manageable, achievable level. I'm with you, man. I, I think, I think Dak Prescott might have more unrealistic pressure on him this season than maybe anyone else in the NFL. So, based on that and the pattern of Jason Garrett's coaching, Style? Did I just crack like as a fourteen-year-old boy? By the way, oh my god, it came out of nowhere. You looked at me. I'm like giving you the little like. <laughs> I was like, huh? What was that? Oh, uh, nice. Somebody needs to eat a carrot. It was uh, better than last week when we did this exact show from the draft, and we're like, "Hello, everybody!" <laughs> With no, couldn't yeah, talk at all. Seventy-year-old voices. They were going through there. Uh, so I, it might be emotional. But I'm going to take the under on the Cowboys. Okay. It's I'm going to say that they win nine games. That, and is, that's that it. is betting with your heart and not your yeah, head. Yeah, ex- exactly. But the Giants now. This one, I'm with you. This is a this is a weird sports. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree. We are just completely on separate I'm pages. Gonna disagree. I would go under in a second the on this. The Giants win total is just a straight nine. Yeah. So They're I, not that good. They weren't I'm, that good last year. I'm confident in a push at nine. Oh, I think they're going to win like six, seven games. I think, I think the Giants are last place this year. I think they can win ten games. Wow. <sighs> I think really? because because the way their defense have played and gelled together, they've added really? on to that a little bit. I'm listen. I'm hoping Landon Collins Hankins has is gone right. Yeah, and they replaced him with a, a, a supposedly a, a better upside defensive tackle, okay. which we'll wait and see on that. Hankins a good player, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, I think just with Marshall with. The offense being what the Mar- it is. The, I like the Marshall move. I, it, now, I say this full well knowing their offense was absolute dog crap <laughs> pretty much the entire season. Uh, they didn't really address their running back. I mean, they, they went no. with the Wayne Gallman. The, Paul, Paul the, Perkins is their running back. Well, no, well, Wayne Gallman might be. I don't know. From Clemson. He was their main running back that was there. He went, he went to the Giants, right? Unless I'm crazy. Yeah. Okay. But still, I, He's think just Paul the guy. Per- yeah. I think Paul Perkins would start over Gallman. I mean, Gallman, what, a fourth-round pick or something like that? I mean, the, why wouldn't you start the fourth-round pick you took Paul, last year I, yeah. who was here already there? Yeah, I guess so. And, well, Paul, and they liked Paul Perkins towards the end of the year. He did stuff. He didn't show much. He didn't really do much. He was all right at the end of the year. Look it up. Look towards up, the Johnny. end of the year, no. I'm not, towards the end of the year, no. Yes. I think, I think, I think whatever it is, I don't think they're kind of in a similar situation at running back where there's no obvious guy who's your your go to three down guy. Uh, so I'll take. I'm going to take the over. I wow. think they surprised some folks here. So we I are think just Ted we have here. literally disagreed on everything. Let's try Washington. Let's see if we can find a spot we now disagree this is on. Tough. Seven and a half Ooh. for Washington, Man. and I, it, it, we look at this a couple of different ways. I think they had a pretty solid draft again. Yeah, I think I'm going to go over. There. Uh, I think that. With all that being said, just the turmoil that's there. Yeah, I don't even think they can get to seven wins. It's fair. I think, no, it's fair. I, I think look, they're the Bobo team. That's a stay away from me. I could see that. I just am. I'm more down on the Giants than you are, and that's kind of coloring the way I'm looking at, you know, the the Washington racists and the other teams <laughs> and how they will finish out. Well, let's see. I don't even know if my math is going to be correct here because I don't know if it's going to be possible. So if I'm betting the over they're on all the winning Eagles, ten games, John. 
Is that? <laughs> I mean, they, they would have to. I guess they would have to eat. Everybody'd have to split. Well, I mean, look, and everybody everyone had to at win. least everyone had at least seven wins last year. I mean, yeah. as far as the yeah. division goes, so you could you could see that play out that way, where it's all the teams are in that seven to ten win range. If you don't have a team like Dallas go off for thirteen or whatever, what what do you make of Jonathan Allen in, in Washington? It's a great question. It's a weird. First of all, I think it's a weird fit. Secondly, I think he's been a little overrated by everybody. And, you know, from everybody going, like, he's going to be a top five guy. My Uncle Rick is smiting you right now. He's been texting us all show saying, Jonathan Allen, the key to that Alabama defense thinks he's going to be a star. You know, I mean, like, but we've had that. We've had that conversation a lot with Alabama players. Some of them are, some of them deserve it. CJ Mosley was the key to that defense. Uh, He's okay. He's He's good. None of them are that great. Reggie Ragland. Yeah. <laughs> all like, of them, Ronaldo McLean finally showing something after yes. years and still all kinds of suspension issues. None of them really. Mark Barron, a great example. I mean, how many of these guys who were like the, the heart and soul of those Alabama defense really end up being great NFL players? Yeah, and, and some of them are. I'm not saying that no, it's, are, it's, yes. it's a pro factory. They will have NFL careers and they'll be great. I think Jonathan Allen's very talented. I don't see him fitting down there. It's a weird fit. Like he's still kind of, I don't know what you would do with him in a in a in that scheme down there. Well, my I mentioned it before. The interesting thing for me is he clearly felt a ton, whether because of mostly because of the shoulder, whatever it is, and it wasn't all just fit. There were a lot of teams who drafted before 17 and we would have fit on. I'm intrigued by that fall because it was, as we said, the team without a general manager, the team in the most turmoil, the team who you would assume the way the process played out probably had the least amount of of you know concrete information on everything yeah. just based on the the war room that they had at the time the the fractures in there you know maybe the bills with the whole Doug Whaley thing like there aren't that many teams who are, are in as bad a shape organizationally as Washington was they're the team that took him I'm so intrigued to know how far he could have fallen uh, we'll keep this conversation going plus the biggest acquisition Jake Cutler heading to Fox will he be better than Tony Romo the battle is on of quarterbacks. And that's right, come, coming up right next on PGN Radio, on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So Washington's at 7.5 for win totals this year to round out the NFC East, which is so weird to me. 7.5. <laughs> but I'm going to take the, honestly, like I said before the break, I'm going to take the under on that. I'll go over. I think because there's just going to be something. There's they don't have Garcon. They don't have Jackson. They they're trying to like reestablish. Like they're they're putting their eggs in the ba- in their basket for you know uh, uh, prior. And I can't. I'm, I'm blanking on their first round pick from last year, who I really Doxon. love. Doxon. Doxon. Uh, so I I don't know. And coupons to prior, Johnny. Let, coupons to prior. Yeah, coupons. <laughs> this is this is his last year in Washington. Oh yeah, it's future 49ers it. quarterback Kirk Coupons. And I think if you still look at how what San Francisco did. San Francisco still lined up and go, "Okay, we're not going to reach and take a quarterback here." It's but we are going to take a guy that we can develop in the meantime. Maybe he comes around. We're not having any pressure to win right now. 49ers fans know that. In the middle of the season, once Washington is just, you know, right before that deadline happens, I think you're going to start to see some things happen. I think Ooh. Washington's going to eventually just kind of grow and slow on down. They're going to have a couple of wins. And the next thing you know, we're like, all right, 
we got to get this guy out of here. Let's make the trade with San Francisco. Let's do it right now. I think that's the best possible thing that could happen for Washington because they are going to lose him for nothing yeah, if they not. don't. He is leaving, like, period. He made it very clear. He asked for a trade this offseason. He has been had a front-row seat for the dysfunction that has happened. He's out, man. They're not going to pay him $35 million or whatever it is to play quarterback next year on the franchise tag for the third straight season. That's not going to happen. They have to do whatever they can to get something for him, and thus, I'm with you, John. I think the best thing for Washington's franchise long-term is is to lose at the beginning of the season so they can better sell the idea that they're trading their quote-unquote potential franchise, whatever quarterback, in the middle of the season. And uh, Kirk, listen, Kirk, excuse me. (laughs) I know I I make fun of your name a lot. If if somehow... You don't get it wrong. Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) Mr. Cousins, (laughs) if this somehow gets to your ears, buddy, pal, just for all of us, I'll love you forever if you just say you're not going to play. Just, just make force. The, the, it's all in your hands. Let them play Colt McCoy. Let them do whatever they want to be, to act like they have control, buddy. You got control here. You want to be in San Francisco. You want to be with your offensive coordinator who made Matt Ryan a Pro Bowler, who you felt comfortable with here coming in and taking over. That's the guy you want to be with. You don't want to be in Washington. Oh, it's obvious. We've known that for two years. Palio, Palio, pal. Pal. Just just make make as much noise as you want going. To, I'm not going to blame you for anything. I'm going to applaud every attempt that you make to not play quarterback for Washington because eventually it's, it's what you want to do. It's yeah. where you want to be. They're trying to hold for a desperate life. You Go 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 hang out with Kyle. Make, I, make that I, happen. I love the thought, and I think eventually he gets out there. I just think there are well, like 25 million reasons why that's not going to happen. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> that's what he's making this year, right? 25 but the, million. Or yeah, I, but they still have to pay him regardless. So be like, I'm not. Well, not I'm if not he sits. Play. If he sits, they can. I, I can't they? If he's like doesn't show up, they can start finding him. Like all that stuff. Like you don't get paid oh, they, unless you show up. Yeah, well, you know what? You go you take it out of the 25 million dollars you're paying. <laughs> go ahead. I don't need all that. Keep keep it rolling. What do you Here, need? Another 200,000 dollars? I'll take 15 Here. million to sit on the sidelines <laughs> all would, year. Yeah, I would take. Yeah, or 10, 8. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm, I'm, with not, you. I'm not you're doing anything in the choir, bro. Like Listen, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll take. Hey guys, I'll take a million. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a million to sit to, to eventually, so I can be in my be in my own spot. I definitely want that. To, I think there. Are, I, I mean, it, we're being a little over dramatic here, but I yeah. do think there will be. I think that starts to rise up after a while. I don't think he's going to care anymore about holding back, right. especially after what happened this past off season where. It's been nothing but chaos and drama. And please, NFL, I think you need to check out what's going on please, there. Please, like, what? What are you? What are you doing? Uh, but yeah, I. So that's why I'm going to definitely. I think seven wins is their maximum. Taking the under with Washington, I'll take that's the over. To, uh, I, I just because you know. Why not? I took the, we disagreed on the other three. We may as well disagree on that with that one. But John, we did have something. Speaking of quarterbacks who've made a lot of yes. undeserved money in their career. Yes. So Jay Cutler, after deciding that. Uh, you know, he had a little meeting with Houston. They're going to look, we're going to take a quarterback. So if you want to come here, that's fine. We're only going to offer you a little bit of money. The Jets, who are like, yeah, come play quarterback. He's like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to oh, do that. And I uh, see, I went from like, I went from like, this is going to be a joke to uh, absolutely loving him in his press release. It's quoting Henry Rollins. You know, that's he's coming right he's up your alley. Coming out and saying, it's just like when it becomes repetitive. It's just not fun anymore. I've done the thing. I'm going to move on. I'm going to do all that stuff. And I was like, all right, man. I was like, okay. Check out my butt, everybody. But really, I mean, like, what is Jake Cutler going to be able to do as a 
<laughs> I tried to I tried to make it in uh, in in my head and here's what it would sound like I think. It's teed up. It's ready to go. Enjoy it. Thanks, Joe. Uh <laughs> I just wanted to say one thing. F Mike Glennon. <laughs> uh we're not this isn't even a Chicago game here, Jay. I know. <laughs> He's taking like hit after hit of his Marlboro 100, just over and over again. I love that you think he smokes hundreds. Yeah, no, it's just because he's retired now. So like he, he lengthened <laughs> he it down. He has those like like Corella Deville like <laughs> cigarette smoker things that he always like. It's just I just want him to. Just, <sighs> Thanks, Joe. I think that would be the most punk rock thing ever if he it just kind of said that. There's just smoking a cigarette in the booth, which leather you can't even jacket do on. Oh, like yeah. oh, I could totally see this. Do the Dave Wanstead and just have it have it there with a with a tie and uh, just. I love it. Yeah. So who do you think is going to be the better? Color commentators. It's gonna be Romo. Is it gonna be? I've already staked my claim that Romo is gonna be a star. So I feel like I can't. I can't go against that. I don't get why people don't think Romo is gonna be good because he's never done it before. Sure, I get that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fair, a fair argument to not, you know, throw someone. See, that's where I think the mistake is because I think ultimately Romo will be good. He's gonna have some growing pains this year because again. Never done it before. That was the mistake I think they made. I think they should have brought him in and put him on the number two team. Like, throw him with Iron Eagle. Let him learn. Whatever. Like, don't make him do the highest profile thing. It's like you screw up. It's like the biggest games. It's like the Super Bowl. Like, what are you doing to this poor guy? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the uh, – yeah, I think he's going to be okay. And, and with Jay, like, I don't want to say he has no personality because in some of the interviews – you can you can see that it's in there somewhere. But he's notorious for saying like – in an interview, fifty thousand times. So I want to. I, I kind of go the, to the Harvard of the South, though, John. Oh, excuse me. Pardon, pardon me. <laughs> so as as a Jordan uh, Matthews, an academic yeah. scholarship, obviously <laughs> too. So yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I think it would be funny just to have him come in there and just be like, well, like. Here's like what I think. Like, you know, I just want him to call the Bears game. I love that he's on Fox. I want him in Chicago. So, by the way, can we real quick? Did we mention the fact that they brought Mike Lennon to their draft party and then trade up for Mitch? Oh, did you see God. that? Like, talk How about this. Like, it makes Washington look like they might have their their you know Stuff what together. together. Yeah. yeah, like that was crazy. Like that was insane. John Fox has no idea they're doing it, and then they bring Mike Lennon to the party, and they're like, hey, hey. "We're trading up for Mitchell." Who can't uh, throw a straight pass for more than ten yards? Like it's like it's hard that. for me to feel bad for Mike Glennon because he's getting paid eighteen million dollars to like do nothing for yeah, a year. Yeah, but I mean, I kind of feel bad for Mike Glennon in that spot. Yeah, like, I just, oh man, I, I want him to be so salty against the Bears because honestly, I think they've, I think the Bears, and that's what makes me feel a little more confident about Jeffrey being here, despite the. The, the Lane Johnson-ness and the PED use and the suspension and, and the all that. Soft tissue they just screw up so many times. Yeah. It's the same thing when, like, you know, the Rams hand you something. Just take it. Well, other than Sam well, Bradford. And it all, but, yeah. No, but even, right, they, even right, so, Sam they kind of still agree. And it's we worked like, out. Worked we got out the in pick in the first round here. And also, real quick, with the, with the Bears thing, too, it's, is that you look at that class they had last year. It's like it makes me feel that much more confident that Joe Douglas was behind yeah. the draft class last yep. year because – they clearly don't know what they're doing without Joe Douglas there, and like that was a really good class last year, a yeah, legit it, class. It, it uh, I, I mean, I, I can't say that I feel overly confident about the day three picks coming in here. That's one thing you're just gonna have to wait and see. They got the best special teams player in the draft, John, the fourth round. Come on, <laughs> there come on, you man. go. Uh, and <laughs> you know, rookie camps are coming up. We're all gonna be down there. We'll get our first glimpse. 
Well, you can't really tell much when it's in short and sh- shorts and shells, but hey, maybe we can be blown away. Uh, that's going to do it for us. It has been BGN Radio. I am John Barchard. That was James Zelter, and this is Sports Radio 94 WIP.